The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey. Today we are on an adventure for sure. An adventure to try to discover what's the difference between ritual and relationship. I'm hosting today, Robbie, because mm. Robbie Delmore, our friend Sam, is actually recovering from surgery right this very moment. And yeah. so our prayers are out for him. We miss him. We won't pick on him since we know he's in the hospital right this second. It's a little bit hard to do. But relationship versus ritual or ritual versus relationship on the show with us today we have a man that certainly has experienced many 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 church rituals in over 80 years as coming up catholic in the right downtown yeah. manhattan new york uh you got an opportunity to see some of that as a young man did they ever smack you upside the head Vinny? oh all the time <laughs> every time i went to church i got smacked in the head and uh yeah, I didn't appreciate it at that time, like I told you inside before we came here. <laughs> I'd rather be playing stickball outside than go to church. But I'm talking about when before I was 10, 10 years old. But, and, and you know, uh, I realized as I got older that uh, there is a, a real meaning to the church, you know, the sanctuary and what I call the quietness of it and the attention. Because... Uh, the priest was talking about what God was saying. And uh, as time went by, I just listened more and more. And now I, I, I can't live without the church and the priest. Uh, so there's more to it than getting smacked in the head. Oh, yeah, a lot more. <laughs> the only well, thing we, we God did jump. was make me bald. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to jump right in with a clip where a young man, Simon Birch, is actually, he's getting smacked upside the head. Now I'll let you set this clip up. Well, he was in church, and he was he, he's a kid that has a real personal relationship. And he's in a church, and he's questioning some of the rituals, and is God really involved in the rituals? And so he gets called, called out by the uh, Sunday school teacher, and then there's somebody who recognizes his relationship and comes to his rescue. I'll go ahead and leave it at that. All right, here we go. Simon? Yes, ma'am. Don't you feel that you owe Reverend Russell an apology? Simon. I'm thinking. Well, you can just sit there and think until you apologize to poor Reverend Russell. Well. Are we uh, ready to apologize? He's thinking about it. Simon, what do you think you're doing sitting in a corner? Thinking about God. In a corner. Faith is not in a floor plan. Keep him here. What? For how long? As long as it takes. Didn't your mother ever teach you how to keep quiet during Mass? What am I saying? Of course she didn't. 
Your parents don't go to church, do they, Simon? See, that's because they don't belong here. And neither do you. Speaking out of turn, disrupting the class, telling the other children that, that God has a special plan for you. What kind of nonsense is that? And what kind of nonsense is this? Hello, Rebecca. Come on, Simon. No. Wait, I was, I was, I was teaching him a lesson. And what lesson is that? Humiliation? I'm telling the children that he's some kind of hero, that he's, he's God's instrument. And who's to say he isn't? We can't have him talking that way. It frightens the other children. Oh, I think it's you it frightens Miss Levy. What? Why would I be frightened of little Simon Birch? Because that child has more faith than you'll ever know. Yeah, now, you know, when you see that movie, Simon Birch, there's this young boy who is born different than everybody else. He's, what, about a quarter the size and teaching special needs Sunday school class. I can relate to Simon that, that he's in a... He's in a different place, but he has a very unique faith, a very real faith. And interestingly, when they describe the Sunday school teacher that's teaching this class in the movie, they say, this lady was not very happy with life. <laughs> right. And when you think about the feet fitted with the gospel of peace that we're supposed to put on the full armor that, you know, the, the you know, happiness and good news kind of come together and whatever and when you see that scowl that's not feeling like church or or not feeling like wow this lady's really getting a lot out of her relationship with Christ. i bet she had a flannel graph, <laughs> flannel graph. <laughs> that's the situation and it's and it's part of the structure that comes with it but over the years i'm going to go back to vinnie now you're you you've or little yeah. Simon. Yeah. It, <laughs> sure that one little Vinny? Well, yeah. he, <clears throat> similar that, hairdo. That clip made me remember Sister Roseanne. She, <laughs> uh, holy mackerel. Was she unhappy? Oh, very unhappy. Now, she took it out on us, but I, in a good way, I guess. That's kind of mm. neat for me to see the journey that Vinny's been on through all these years. So he, he obviously got a chance to experience <laughs> Sister, what was her name? Roseanne. <laughs> Sister Roseanne and, and that side of things. But then uh, there's another part of church that comes with the relationship with the other people. And we were talking about uh, the old hand sign that you know you where you go, this is the church, and you would fold your fingers together, and this is the steeple, and you open it up and you see all the people, and of course you get to wiggle your fingers, and if you're a little kid like me, that's really, really fun. Well, we had this pastor that taught it this way, that when you – opened it up and you start wiggling around your fingers you say here this is the church meaning the people inside that's the church and here's the steeple that the church is actually these fingers that are wiggling around which is again still fun for me because i'm mm -hmm. kind of that way and so when you began to take part in the knights of columbus and bring this group of men together in a common cause to help people that were needy and in whatever something changed for you and in your involvement in church right there didn't it Oh, yeah. Well, it, actually, it's because you're a group of men. Um, and through the church, mostly through the church, you knew who was in want and who was in need. And we dedicated our lives to helping these people, you know what I mean? And there was no discussing it, you know, whether it was money, house, or mortgages, or whatever. We just did it. 
uh, and it wasn't special to us. It was what you do. You know, I, I told you inside, you know, going to Europe, when I went to church in Sicily, where I come from, totally different than what I was used to. You see these kids dressed up, and that's all they talk about all week, their grandparents and mothers talking about church Sunday. They played, they were normal, but boy, when it came to Sunday, they were absolutely gorgeous to listen to, to sing and everything. It's a whole different Yeah, it's a, it's a thing, and there, there's, there's different parts to this relationship, but part of the relationship at church is that body of believers and the relationship or community that happens when they get together. And so, Dennis, you picked this church um, clip, which is called Hope at Church, and if you could set that up for us real quick, um, let's play that. It was actually from a movie called Not Easily Broken that was a, a book, I believe, that T.D. Jakes wrote that a lot of people are familiar with who that is. And it was about this couple, the married couple, that were actually going through a lot of difficulties, challenges in their lives. I'm sure a lot of you out there that are uh, husbands and or husbands and wives know exactly what we're talking about. And Dave gets in church one Sunday, and he starts reflecting on back on when he was younger and what church really meant to him. Jesus called out to the multitudes. He said, come to me. All who are weary, come to me. And I will give you rest. He said, I will give you rest if you come to me. So today, I want them to stand up and come down to the altar. I always felt church is like a hospital. It's where sick people go to get well. Anybody out there that needs praying for today, or maybe you just need just a little encouragement. Jesus said, Whenever I went to church, I felt hope. Come on, come to me. Amen. Glory. So you hear two things there, guys. You hear him talking about the relationship with Jesus. Come to me. Straight from Scripture, come to me, all you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. So the pastor's talking right off about that relationship with Jesus, which is a big part of what we're trying to speak to today. Um, and But he's hearkening back to when he come, came into church, and he remembered church being that way, that it was a place you came in for hope. It was a place you came to for healing. This is an altar call. The wife and the husband get up, and they're heading to the altar. Don't think he's been in church for a long time. But it's the place where he comes, and they're all in community. And the other thing that we were talking about, Robbie, a while ago, I don't know if you've ever been in an African-American church, but those folks show community a, a lot in, in, in how they, they speak yeah, with each other. They open themselves up to each other as to what's going on in their lives, and they're there for that purpose. And, man, they'll stay all day if that's One of my favorite takes. memories of church is when they brought me by ambulance from Asheville over you know, to Baptist Hospital in the middle of the night and they had contacted our Sunday school class that I was coming. So I got there about two in the morning and there was probably about 60 or 70 people from our Sunday school class that were there when I arrived, they'd been praying for me and because I had been crushed by a Jeep and I had just finished my chemotherapy. And so it was a kind of a crisis, especially for my wife. I was on enjoying some morphine at the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, were good. I'll never ever forget what the nurse said. She looked at me and she goes, you must go to that Calvary Baptist Church. And I said, 
How do you know I go to Calvary Baptist Church? He says, when one of you guys show up, you bring a crowd. Hmm. And that's what we're talking about, that Hmm. part of community that when you open it up and you see all the people, that's that's the church, man. And that's that's something that certainly um, spoke to me and, and continues to speak to me about what church is. And I see that people have that in their life. Now, we've got some really cool music coming your way that might take you right off your seat. What, what are they doing doing that? And I would, but there's another part of this relationship besides the relationship that we have with other believers. We're going to get into that. We have so much more Vinny Menino coming your way, so you don't want you want to stay tuned. Remember masculinejourney.org, right? Yes, and it. Masculine Journey on Facebook. We got a lot more coming up. Stay tuned. Multiple sclerosis destroys connection. So it's only fitting that connection would be its greatest enemy because connection takes away MS's ability to isolate. And as more connections form, we end up with more knowledge more resources, more understanding, more ideas, and more hope. And then, the connections we make become more powerful than the connections MS destroys. MS kills connection. Connection kills MS. Give what you know at msconnection.org. Come on, the meeting's already started. Sometimes it's important. Last call, boarding gate number nine. Sometimes it's urgent. Sometimes it's vital. Hospital treatment within one hour of a stroke can prevent lifelong disability. If you notice someone experiencing sudden weakness on one side or having a problem speaking, walking, or seeing, call 911 fast. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. something to talk about dennis what are you thinking <laughs> bonnie Raitt, about 1989 i think wasn't it about that time when that song came out it's not about that at all <laughs> i was in the persian gulf i don't remember don't remember that it's not about that at all but you know what i thought about when i heard those lyrics let's give them something to talk about is in the church that you know if we want to show people out here something guys that are listening ladies that are listening that are part of the church show them jesus Show them Jesus in your in your in your in oh, your words well, in your deeds. Yeah, this is do you how like, do you like Saint you. Francis, where he said, you know, go on, to, go into all the world and preach the gospel and use words when necessary. Show them that. Give them to something. Give them something to talk about besides all the other stuff they want to talk about. As far as church is concerned, show them that love and relationship that really is what church is all about. And you know that speaks to exactly what Jesus said. You know, this is how they'll know you that you love one another so to give them something to talk about talk about that how about that Vinny? <laughs> you're thinking knights of columbus what are you thinking yeah well the knights of columbus is all about what he described uh you know it is one of the biggest organizations that there is and the most generous i gotta put a plug in robbie but they <laughs> they do such great work but you know uh when i walk into a church uh Naturally, if you're by yourself, it's so quiet. And I feel, you know, you're talking about here's the steeple, here's the people. I am totally, totally at ease. And I can hear a pin drop and I look up at the Lord and whatever I'm praying for, I know 
listen to me. I know he's listening to me. You know, a lot of people go to church and it's full. There's 300 people, 400 people, whatever it is. And they're too busy taking care of their children or yelling at their husband because he's sleeping or something, you know. But it, I think it's just wonderful to be. That there's a God right there. Right. And, and interestingly, Person. we're going to go really, you're going to say, Robbie, where are you going? Well, I'll tell you where I'm going. It was a Catholic church that Luther <laughs> was hanging out in originally, Martin, where he was trying to get that relationship. And the cool thing that I see this comes is I know Vinny's relationship with the Lord. And you can see it, and it's there in his experience in church, be it Catholic or, in his case, Catholicism, which he, he practices because he goes to a Methodist church. <laughs> but he also goes to the Catholic sometimes. But set up this this clip with Martin Luther, Al, that, well, that you've got for us. I had to see this movie because I grew up in the Lutheran church, and I wanted to know more about the guy. But in this clip, um, he is just given Holy Sacrament, and he spilled the wine as he lifted it up to pray. And afterwards, he spoke to his father, who just ripped him apart for his, you know, just not m- cutting the mustard. And so he's back in his room, and this is when the priest comes to comfort him. And listen to what he say. He's arguing the de- with the devil at first. It's kind of hard to hear, but he's just yelling at the devil, giving the devil a hard time. And listen to how the priest goes after his heart on the kind of God he wants. Ah! You are too hard on yourself, Brother Martin. Arguing with the devil never does any of us any good. He has had 5,000 years of practice. He knows all the weak spots. I'm sorry about today. I'm not here to scold you, Martin. I'm too full of sin to be a priest. You know, in two years, I've never heard you confess anything remotely interesting. I live in terror of judgment. And you think self-hatred will save you? Have you ever dared to think that God is not just? He has us born, tainted by sin. Then he's angry with us all our lives for our faults. This righteous judge who damns us. Threatening us with the fires of hell. I know, I know, I know I'm evil to think it. You are not evil. You are just not honest. God isn't angry with you. You are angry with God. I wish there were no God. Martin, what is it you seek? A merciful God. A God whom I can love. God who loves me. Then look to Christ. Bind yourself to Christ. And you will know God's love. Say to him, I'm yours. Save me. You know, it's a remarkable clip when you think of the context of it. But this is this is not any Martin Luther. This is the Martin Luther. This is Martin. And he, he's being comforted by, you know, the classic Catholic priest. And, and, and you see this picture. But what this priest is actually helping him to get the point where he, he can 
find that God that he so seeks desperately. And Al, can you take us to the moment where you were there, where you wanted that God that, that would give you mercy, that, that was that for you, that you could have that kind of love relationship with God? You know, it's funny. I was, uh, before I had that, I was talking to some friends that were um, five-point Calvinists, and they were like, Al, God's not as judgmental as you think. And I was thinking, what? But it was two, three weeks later, I was at a boot camp, and Todd Clark I'd heard the wound talk and then I heard the father by God and he was talking about a relationship with his father and he used the term father. He talked about on his way home, he would tell him about his day. He would tell him jokes that he heard. They must've been pretty clean if you're telling your father and, <laughs> and, and he would tell him about the kids and he would tell him about problems. And I thought either this guy is a, a complete loon or he's got something I need desperately. Mm. And so I went out um, it, after that talk, I chased him down. I t- chased Todd for like, we talked for 20, 30 minutes because I had to know more before I had the guts to try to do it. And I went to him and I said, Father, I'm here to serve you. How can I serve you? And I just felt this arm. And when I say that spiritually, just blanket me and say, I've been waiting for you to come to me as my son. And I broke down right then just in prayer because I understood, you know, what Matthew seven is talking about when, when he's talking about, you can, and I've been to churches that are both ways. You can go out and prophesy. You can go out and do miracle, perform miracles. You can cast out demons, but when the day comes and you want to get in the gates of heaven, if you don't have a relationship with me where we, we relate to each other, I don't know you because we don't have a relationship. Robbie, that sounds pretty passionate. Oh, you're you're right on it, and, and I when I was doing research for this show, I came across this clip that I was so impressed with what this spoke to my heart that I actually sent it to my wife and my daughters and my son to say, yeah, this is it. Can you imagine having this kind of love for another person, which is to see the face of God, but more importantly, actually would be to have this kind of love relationship that I, that I would hope to have with my savior. Do you love Drew? You mean like you loved mom? Forget about me and mom. Are you gonna marry him? Probably. Listen, I'm crazy about the guy. He's smart, he's aggressive, he could carry parish communications into the 21st century and be along with it. Mm-hmm. So what's wrong with that? That's for me, I'm talking about you. It's not what you say about you, it's what you don't say. Maybe you're not listening. Oh yes, I am. There's not an ounce of excitement, not a whisper of a thrill. I want you to get swept away, I want you to levitate, I want you to sing with rapture and dance like a dervish. Oh, that's all? Yeah, be deliriously happy, or at least leave yourself open to me. Okay. Be deliriously happy. I shall, uh, I shall do my utmost. <laughs> I know it's a cornball thing. But love is passion. Obsession. Someone you can't live without. 
I say, fall head over heels. Find someone you can love like crazy and who'll love you the same way back. How do you find him? Well, you forget your head and you listen to your heart. Because the truth is, honey, there's no sense living your life without this. To make the journey and not fall deeply in love, well, you haven't lived a life at all. But you have to try, because if you haven't tried, you haven't lived. When I listened to that clip, Vinny, honestly, I know a guy who lives from his heart like that, who loved a woman like that, or loves, has had two wives like that, and now has a love for his savior like that. And that's what life is all about. And can, you know, what more could we want for our families to have that kind of passion, to have that kind of love that you experienced through Rita, through Nancy, and now through your Savior that you speak to at night. And I know I would I would love to know your thoughts. I, I know that's the first time you ever heard that clip. Wow. First time I've seen you. So emotional. I know you love me, Robbie, as I love you. But you know what came to my mind when I heard that clip? I may have said it one time or another on this show. Uh, in construction, we were renovating a, a priest's house. And at that point, I was about 16, 17. I had a lot of questions about God. You know, and I asked him. I says, how could this be and how could that be? And I never forgot what he told me, and it's coming back to me again. It's not for you to question. It's for you to believe. And there's so much in that. You know, I'm, as everybody here, and I don't know if you people out there know it, I'm blind in one eye and virtually blind in the other eye. And I just love my life, and I have that solitude with God every night. And he gets me through the night and the next day. Please, please give yourself to God and believe, just like I was told. That's what life's for, right, Dennis? Absolutely. Absolutely. I hear that and I think, oh, what a prayer it would be for everyone listening right now to have that kind of relationship with the Lord, that kind of relationship with a spouse. That's what life's for, or that kind of relationship with your fellow church members. Masterandjourney.org. Check us out on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and being with us today. God bless.